an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors, that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod. Or text Wondery Pod to 500 500. Hey, it's the Nerdist Podcast number 360. Animal battles are coming to the Nerdist Channel. Does that sound like my intense commercial voice? On the Nerdist Channel on YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com slash Nerdist. Next week, uh, we're putting up a lot of fun. No, wait. I think it. I'm sorry. The week of June 3rd, we're putting up a bunch of uh, really cool stuff on the Nerdist Channel. Go to YouTube.com slash Nerdist. Click subscribe so you don't miss it. Come on. Now, um, oh, I'm also I'm be performing in Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, at a place called Wise Guys. Uh, that will be June 6th, 7th, and 8th. Salt Lake City, come by. Let's have some Utah hugs. That sounds like a weird act, but it's literally just hugs that take place in Utah. Now I'd like to thank for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, LegalZoom. This month, LegalZoom celebrates innovation by helping you launch your dream. Apply for a patent. Secure your invention so no one steals it. Cause that sucks. You don't wanna you don't wanna feel like Tesla. Do you wanna get your stuff patented so some snarky Edison doesn't come along and do it for you? Uh, visit legalzoom.com, they'll take care of you from start to finish. They've already helped about a million businesses get started right. Celebrate innovation with LegalZoom and for a limited time get a special price on trademark, copyright, and patent applications using the referral code NERDIST at checkout. Protect your creations and launch your dream at LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom can provide self-help services at your specific direction or they can connect you to an attorney, but they are not a law firm. Don't forget to use the referral code NERDIST. Uh, and now this episode is our buddy Wayne Fetterman, uh, who, again, I've known forever and I, you know, we've been on a really good streak lately of people who just kind of plop into the podcast and they just fit uh, like they are part of it. So it is uh, the Nerds Podcast number 360 with our friend Wayne Fetterman. Now entering Nerdist.com. What I didn't like it, and I couldn't be a bigger documentary. Sure, could not be bigger. Um, I thought it wasn't specific enough. I thought it wasn't specific enough. Like How even, specific? Like even at the end when he had you know the nine inch nails guy and he's using the computer and their whole 
the irony that the entire documentary is being shot on digital when they're talking about analog. Audio. Like, audio. They're talking about analog audio. No, no, I know, but it was like everyone gets a CD or it eventually goes to digital anyway. I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah, it was cool to see Paul McCartney jamming out with those guys. There was no, no doubt about it. Well, I don't I know. Watched. I feel like you might you be. You loved it. I did. I think. I feel I like you're. I feel I like you're it. being a little picky about it, Wayne. I think it was a fucking awesome. I could have just. If it had just been about Fleetwood Mac, I would have loved it. Oh, I mean, Fleetwood Mac has their own. Did you see the Eagles documentary? Oh, I watched a bit of that. No, how? No, I didn't. Oh, well, here's the thing. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, what. interesting. Tell you what. <laughs> Why is that interesting? Don <laughs> Henley. He's the worst person on the planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> is a horrible person, <laughs> and he. He, I think he knows it. I think he knows it. <laughs> I always thought it was Glenn Fry. Was the asshole. Yeah. They're both terrible. Yeah. They're both, by but the way. They're on different levels. They're terrible. The second, you got to see the second part of that. How do I sound? You sound good. So do I need anything? This is a good No. Thing? So, so Glenn Fry's, the Glenn Fry's band? No, well, they're both terrible. Oh, no, no. Worse. What happens is the first half of the documentary is done by a professional documentarian, and the second half is sort of done by... The Eagles, even though they're actually just called Eagles, there's no the uh, in the yeah, title. Just, okay. And they can't help themselves to have their real personalities come out, and it is shockingly <laughs> awful how bad, how... Remember when Don uh, Henley went through his Bono phase? <laughs> Remember when it was like, it was the it was the Bono from, it was the Joshua Tree Bono, where he, it was End of Innocence, it was End of Innocence, where his hair was back in a ponytail oh, yeah, and he was yeah, in the overcoat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then he started wearing plaid shirts like uh, I guess. like us. No, but even more like Pearl Jam or something like that. And he still does. He still, when he tours with Eagles, he does that. But they kicked out the guy who wrote Hotel California. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Why would you kick out that guy? He wrote their most iconic song. Yeah, so they got what they needed. Come <laughs> on. Yeah. You, where's Hotel California 2? Oh, my God. It was insane. So fun. And I love those songs. Yeah. Love well, this song. Like you don't? Song. You don't On like? a better lit highway. <laughs> so you're doing a sequel right now. Yeah. You just came up with this. Yeah, except <laughs> it's the same song. I got it. It's just a continuation. <laughs> you're a day of the racism of Night of the Opera. I, I actually, you don't like that song, Hotel California. Hotel California's a very good song. That's their best song, right? Yeah. It's their best song. Would you disagree with that? Song. No, I wouldn't disagree with that. I Would think you disagree with that? I think it's their most anthematic song. Certainly, certainly, it has that Freebird no, stairway. What I'm is their best that, song is a very good song. It's not a great song. I think their best song is just a very good song. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Which makes me. I'm saying the. Okay. I, of course. I mean, a lot the of people. Aren't that great. A lot of people don't like the Eagles because they're. They are. They represent mainstream music. Well, that's not. That why can't like be. Them. That's not why I don't like them. Eh, I, mean, I enjoy some... a good pop hit as much as the next kid. Do you? Yeah. Gangnam Style. <laughs> <laughs> all right, if you're just going to name all the Eagles hits. <laughs> that's then where you have that. Open Gangnam Style. Like that's the, the Eagles would have made. <laughs> that's right. You're the vocalist. Right. You were the original guy in that uh, movie. Uh, Day at the Races. You left when uh, Joe Walsh came in. Yeah. The original guy in that... Uh, You're talking about Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages, which I've not seen the Broadway nor the movie. What about the Vegas? Never seen the Vegas. Do you get a piece of any of that? I have a song that oh. I wrote in the production. 
that was not in the movie, but it's in the stage production that my that my friend Dave Gibbs and I co-wrote. So Gibbs, oh, yeah, I know Gibby. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. Gibbs. So yeah. change from that. Yeah. Nice. Can you give me any idea like what your royalty check looked like when it was running on Broadway for that? It's still running on. It's still running. I, right, there's a lot of different productions of it. It's not amazing because no, I know. I'm there, looking for there, a number. I'm not looking for an adjective. There are so many. <laughs> <laughs> it's not amazing i know why uh, all right it's there, all super vague there's so many there, let me put it this way let me put it this way if it was the only song in the production it would probably be a lot better but there are so many covers i give in. it i get i get yes i know there's I a bunch just, of 80s songs in there i just read a uh, an you won't on, tell me we will no. not tell me. <laughs> i just read an article on song royalties today which I thought was fascinating. About ASCAP and BMI? No, it was more just about the uh, the plot device of About a Boy, Nick Hornby's book, is mm-hmm. that the guy's dad wrote a Christmas song. Yeah. And that he just lived off the royalties. So they're pre- they were like, well, can this happen? And the answer is, yes, obviously this can happen. So, for instance, a couple of the statistics I remember. Uh, Sting makes two th- about $2,000 a day off of every breath you take. Just that song. Just that song. song. A day. They're leaning a little bit more. Well, you can do the math for the year. What would that be a year? 730,000. 730,000. I asked the wrong person. All right. um. (laughs) (laughs) Like right Uh, around there. 730,000 every year. Every year. For just that song. Yes. That's without... You standing too close, Roxanne, any of that stuff. Fact, you that standing song. too close. <laughs> That's, yeah. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the band. And then this, <laughs> that, that Roxy song that they have about... I don't, I don't know 80s music that well. That song, though, is uh, responsible for one quarter of all the royalties from the police. My favorite police song. Well, there you go. And was actually the, the song, you know, when you were in a relationship? Mm-hmm. That was our song. It shouldn't be because it's I a know. really stocky song. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I like more the chord progression than the, the actual lyrics. And I just thought it was beautiful. I, like I thought the, the video 50s. was great. You like what? Born in the 50s. That song? <clears throat> I don't know that song. Yeah, it's a police song. Yeah, I don't like the police. You don't? No. I think I, I love I love I the song Synchronicity 2. I sure. think that song fucking is fantastic. Look, I, I, get, I know they're popular, and I know people go... Did you no. like any of Sting's solo albums? Or even worse. Even worse. <laughs> even that was when I was like, this is why I don't like that. I just don't like pretentious rock. He so got, he got really, that's a category. He got I, really jazzy. Rock. Yeah. Don't yeah. Dream of the Blue Turtles was good. I thought Nothing Like the Sun I know was pretty you good. Li- I get it that somebody like you would like it. I don't know what, what that means, Wayne. It feels like an attack. What about the loot like phase? <laughs> yeah, and then the loot phase. Have you played those loot songs? I don't know. There's something. There's something soft about. I mean, the Sting. Would you just come already? <laughs> I get it. You're cheap. Uh, fun, fun factoid. What do you think is the uh, highest money generating song out of royalties ever? Ever. Let me ever. guess. Is it Smash Mouth? Hey, now you're an all star. Second highest. That's the second highest. <laughs> that can't be true. So that was just a fun. That's the funny guess. That's the funny guess of of the song. Yeah, okay. that's that's the comedy guess. Okay, I'm gonna guess yesterday. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Um, Billie Jean. You are both wrong. Okay, give me a hint. Just give me a hint. Can uh, you give me an artist? Is it gonna be one of those things where is we're it like gonna be? Or do we, did we either of us get the artist? No. Are we going to be bummed about it when we hear what it is? No, I don't think oh, so. Oh, okay. It'll be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. More Than Yesterday, which more I understood yesterday. was the most covered song in the history. 2,200 artists have covered Yesterday. Right. So I was correct about that. And still, there's mm-hmm. a song that's play. Is this based on Juke Crazy? Yep. 
No, the song Crazy, oh, I'm guessing. the song Crazy? No, I don't crazy, know. No, the Patsy Cline song? No. Written uh, by Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson yeah. yeah. Is it... Because uh, that's... I know then... Go. It's not anything from Dark Side of the Moon, is it? Nope. Is can, it, can you give me a decade? Can you uh, give me something? Written in... Oh, here we go. Because I this is it. I'm going to nail it. Written in the... Uh, 1893 is when it was written. Happy birthday? Correct. Yes. No, okay. It has brought in 90, $89 million. Okay, well, that was... Now I can tell you the second highest, which is more of a fun game because it's more modern. Mm-hmm. Let's... We'll put the Happy right birthday's eighteen ninety three. Eighteen ninety three is when it was written. God, by the Hill it, Sisters. Before that, people were just like, "Yeah, you're still I thought still that was in the twenties. Everyone dies young. Interesting. You're still alive. But, uh, you probably the, have black lung. Number two, very covered song. Not very, the it's a very covered song that isn't yesterday. Um, is it? Can you tell us when it was written? Uh, is it more than words by Extreme? No, no I just is, wanted to guess another comedy, funny one. Guess. <laughs> Wayne Fetterman. Yeah, Wayne, you, okay, this is one of the reasons why I love Wayne Fetterman. Wayne Fetterman is basically a comedy goalie, <laughs> <laughs> and nothing will ever slip by, by him. No, he, you you were looking over at Matt, and you didn't even look at me when you were like comedy guest. Like, you didn't even look at me. Uh, I don't know what is the second. The second is White Christmas. Oh, Irving Berlin. Berlin. Yeah, yeah. Fifty-five million. Fifty-five. Yeah, it's a big gap. And doesn't he? Uh, I, you know, I actually spoke to Irving Berlin once the on the telephone. How? Well, oh, I was. You uh, up, you yeah, exactly. It was one of those. One of my jobs I had in New York City while I one of my last jobs I've ever nine to five jobs was I was a service dispatcher for Otis Elevator Company. Now, when you have an elevator, whether in a building or that, they tend to break down. So you can either call us mm -hmm. and we'll send a guy out and charge you by the hour or you can have a service contract, which is like you pay a couple hundred bucks a month. We'll come out and fix it anytime, nine to five. Are you trying to sell us on the service yes, right now? Yes, right now. Because it sounds like. Because I still get a kickback. I when he said of... last job, he meant current job. <laughs> I'm still doing this. Yeah, he didn't say he was doing it. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still doing this. I mean, I don't have an elevator, but no, now I'm saying, I'm... but now you think if you want one, just think about the service contract. Okay. Just think about it. It's an option. Nights and weekends, off hours? Yes, no. Anytime. You only get nine. No, only nine, nine to five. To five but then we bill afterwards. Oh. See? So Irving Berlin has a elevator in his townhouse in New York and called me to say that his elevator wasn't leveling. Now, what that is, is when the elevator goes up, there's like a little, you might have to step up a little bit to get to the thing. Yeah. So um, we spoke about a couple minutes mm -hmm. about what he needs, when I was going to send the guy out. That's when I learned an interesting term, which was uh, when will they, they always ask, when will they be there? And I, as soon as they can. Sure. Means nothing. Not, not anything. <laughs> not a word. <laughs> Doesn't mean I might as well be speaking a different language. <laughs> like, I am not answering your question, but it's a polite way of saying. They'll get there when they get there. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so, uh, yeah. So Irving Berlin and I spoke on the phone for a little bit. and Got his address. I know where he lives. Because he couldn't walk up and he had a two-thing townhouse. Yeah, a two two things. Well, two story. I'm glad you work for the elevator company. Two story. You write White Christmas, of course you're gonna have. Yeah, well, and he also well he's no. I mean, I remember there's articles about he was very tight and giving away like 
his songs for movies and things like that. It was he wouldn't donate it with the doesn't White Christmas. No, God bless America goes to yeah. Boys Club. Is that correct? Not Boy Scouts. Not Boy Scouts. No, Boys Club. Okay. I think it's Boys I'll Club. Boys Club. I'll go with. I think it goes list. to Boys to Men. <laughs> That's a comedy now one. I, now I just point. I just look at him. With, I don't even have to say anything. It just makes the, makes the uh, you know, references. Where, <laughs> just make references. That's his comedy. Wayne, where did I see you? Wayne, you say it's comedy. I've known... I've known just doing references. I've known Wayne for a very long time. And used to have these great apartment parties. Yes, yeah. When you lived in Los Angeles. And then you went to New York and you worked, with Fall- you worked on the Fallon show. Right, 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 you, right. You were one of the first writers on that show. I was brought in to launch the show. Yeah. Brought in to launch the so show. So I remember you guys were both doing stand-up, like building, like leading up to that mm-hmm. show. I helped build his new act, his uh, new act. I remember and seeing you in Vegas. Oh, All right. We were in Vegas. That's what it was. We were in Vegas because I was doing Rock of Ages in Las Vegas for like a week. Is that? Okay. That's why I was okay, there. Okay. This was like 2006. No. No. That's, mm. You're wrong. It would okay. be 2000. But, but at least it wasn't a comedy guess. Seven or eight. Oh, no, I'm it sorry. We were there for G4. Yeah. Yes. We were there for E3. Thank you. Thank I, was, you. I was there for E3. It was a January. We were there for E3. That's what it was. So January 2009? Something like that, yeah. That sounds about right. Maybe. It could be. We launched. I'm going yeah. to ask Wayne again. What yeah. Do you think, Wayne? I think it's either 2008 or 2009. There you go. Yeah. But uh, I, I remember... Oh, we had a great time that night. We had a fun that night, but then recently... Oh, yeah. Where were we? Where we were in a at a comedy festival? Or yeah, we were at something called the uh, Sketch Fest. Oh, Sketch Fest! Something called the Sketch Fest. And I, I know fu- you got a lot going on. I, I know. You- <laughs> <laughs> I so really weird. do. I, really I know do. you do. I know you I really do. do. I was and making fun of you was earlier. It just the two of you in a car. It was just yeah. the two of us in a car. Yeah, we got. We came into the. I was. I was laughing so hard because we were <laughs> riffing on the idea of mom and pop shops, and it was like. And the guy wanted to be politically correct. Was like his little mom and pop shop. It could be a mom and mom shop. I'm not, you know. <laughs> right, right. It could be a, a mom who doesn't have a partner, but right, just wanted right. to raise just a child a sh- on her own. Just be a mom. And we, for some reason, <laughs> right. I was laughing so hard while we were riffing about mom and pop shops. <laughs> we didn't want. We're in San Francisco. Those rides, those to and from festival rides from airports are very funny because it's all comics. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. You missed it on the way to the airport. We were in a. In a sedan, it was me, the driver, Eddie Pepitone, Ian Roberts, and Matt Besser. I'll tell right. you what. Here's what they here's what they ought to do. In a sedan. Here's, yeah, that's fine. Here's what they ought to do. <laughs> Hire a bus, pick up four comics at the airport, sell seats for the rest ah. of the bus, and then just let the comics riff. riff. That's a good idea. Just they used to. I I did comedy on a bus before as a gig. How? Not like that. Not. Uh, they used to take people to Atlantic City. And oh God, that sounds so awful. Atlantic City. I mean, just the idea of like being <laughs> well, on a now, bus to Atlantic hard. City and then having to entertain people in a bus to Atlantic City yeah, sounds that's what, like that a was bummer. the gig. That was the gig. I mean, how it's oh. a, <laughs> you you know if you can survive that experience, Why? that was not bad at all. Really? Yeah, you get a lot of it was a lot of money, not a lot, but it was like cash. Go to free trip to Atlantic City. What if they paid so, you in casino credit? <laughs> Ugh. The idea of free trip to Atlantic City is not in the plus column, I don't think. But let's see, the Atlantic City to Man- Manhattan to Atlantic City, was that the... Yeah, yeah. How long of a drive is that? I want to say it was like at least a couple hours. So you're doing comedy the whole time? Yeah, I was doing every bit I ever knew. <laughs> no, I think you had to do like... 
I think there was a couple of us, and we each had to do like 20 minutes or something. Wow. Oh, that's, that's not still... Yeah, yeah, and then you just... You're still on a bus. You're on the comedy bus. On the New Jersey turnpike. Yeah. Oh. Like sorry. I didn't mean to bring everyone down. We're all but, sad about this, Wayne. Yeah, I'm Please sorry. Go. I'm sorry. Do you, I'm, take, do, you do, do you take suggestions from the eye, or do you just do your set? I do my set. Do you do I'm not, I, don't really, I don't really work the crowd ever. But you're so fast. I know. I know. <laughs> I don't like it. I get it. I'm, I get it. I'm super fast, but I don't... And I listen, but I don't really like doing it. Because I really feel like my stage time is a great time to like really work on material. And how, that's, that's the ultimate goal. How often do you turn over material? That's a good question. It, it is. It's a, slow, it's a slow process with me. I'm more Seinfeldian than CKian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that even a thing? Uh, yeah. I, uh, so if you saw me now and you saw me like in six months, you might see... 20% new material. Mm-hmm. So me in a couple of years, you might see 10% of the old material. So it's like a constantly evolving okay. thing because I don't, I don't really, I don't do specials or anything. Yeah. It's sad. It's <laughs> sad. Up, I know. I don't. Every time he goes up is special. Yeah. 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 <laughs> maybe, I, maybe there's a special to be had on a bus. I know something like that, but uh, no, I be, first of all, very excited to be doing this. Ready for it to start. When the do podcast? we start? When does this all happen? Oh, when do we start this? We're not actually going to be able to do the podcast oh, today. I'm sorry. I was going to tell horrible. you. That's horrible. I know. I just, I'm, I changed my mind. Uh, I understand. I understand. I like you a lot as of a course, person. Of course, of course. But I'm not up to the level of. I mean, I just. <laughs> I'm need, not up to the level of. I just need you to get on a series. Please. Or. I'll tell you what. I'll record this. And then if you get on a show. Joe or something else. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. Oh, I am Jesus down with Christ. that. There's something I could promote. Something I had going on that made it seem like there was some heat around me. I mean, <laughs> I don't have any. I'm like, no, hey, I'm like I, very temp. I'm like room temp. I'm like very <laughs> like a cool breeze. Your book's still in print, right? Order the, it's order a cool the, order the Pete Maravich biography. Ah, uh, thank there you. you. That's a good funny read. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a comedy like nerd fan. Not a lot. Oh, you're a comedy nerd fan. Where did you? That. Where did you start doing comedy? Oh, uh, stop pointing at me. I wish. Like, no one on the pod, no one listening can knows that I'm pointing at but you. But I, uh, I'm well, sorry, I live in the real Wayne? world. You don't respect I, him? I don't, what? You don't respect Wayne? You pointed him. I did. I was. <laughs> we're here. You wouldn't point. I wouldn't. What does that tell you? I wouldn't. I mean, I wasn't going like you. Oh no, what, we no, were. We were you, actually just starting. Why talk. do you think it's rude to? Why do you think it's rude to point? That's at a good people? question. That is know. a good. Why is it rude to point? Is it confrontational or no, is I it? I just think it's it's disrespectful. Why? In a sense. But I don't know. I mean, in that. Okay, let's talk about two different things. One is. You're walking down the street with your family, assuming right. you have a family. I don't know if you do. If you don't, it's cool. Still, yeah, okay. And there's a guy walking by with one right. arm, and the kid's like, that man! And, they, and then you're like, don't fucking point at the guy. Or even if he doesn't say that man, he's just like... Yeah. And with his mouth it. open. Yeah. yeah. That is... Everyone would admit that's wrong, right? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I think so. It is Invasion of the Body <laughs> Which Snatchers. Which one? The one? The 78? The yeah, the remake. Oh, no, no not the remake. Really? What? You don't like the remake? I love the original. Well, Kevin's in both of them, right? I love Donald Sutherland a lot. Yeah. I just saw him in The Dirty Dozen, part of the Wayne Fetterman Film Festival. Oh, yeah, the film festival. At, uh, at, uh, I know you were throwing a plug, but it is a good, it's a fun It's over. Festival. It's already happened. It's not a plug. I'm not plugging everything. But for next year, it's yeah. in the family. Yeah. Assuming yeah. it happens again, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> He's angling. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right for Wayne. Uh, back, so, but, so, but you're saying like, 
But I don't think it's rude to like gesture to someone and point to them like, hey, I like your shirt. Right. Hey, I like that body language right now. Is it just because it's <laughs> is it just because it's what? It just throws <laughs> it puts someone on the spot. I've I've just been taught that it's rude. I don't know. Even if I'm just like you really have been taught like I that. I got it. Like, well, no. If, it's if I'm saying you've been taught that, just like that, just with the, <laughs> with the pointing, pointing at each other now. You, you, can you explain Here's what's happening to I've the list? Not to point. Do I still sometimes point? Yes. It's just a reflex. And the easiest way to gesture specifically towards something. Oh, point. Wow. <laughs> I'm not going to. Now it's weird. <laughs> now it's like you're a robot over there and you're trying to control the conversation. Counterpoint. I'm just going <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That is a good question. But I do know you're not supposed to point at someone that, that looks weird. True. That looks weird. Yeah, I guess yeah, it, I that guess it does. Weird, right? I don't, I know that looks weird in some that, way. That was a thing that was ingrained in right? my yeah. head as a kid. But but I never thought to ask why it's rude to point at people. But you seem like you were a naturally curious child, right? Sure, but I was also a very polite child. Same here. And so... Were you a class clown? I was a bad class clown. I, I wanted the attention, but I didn't have the jokes to back it up. Some things I never changed. Best material between second grade and eighth grade. <laughs> you actually had jokes? <laughs> well, I mean, I was very funny. You know what? If I, in high school, I had much more success as... That's when you started to blossom. A class clown. I but Was there senior superlatives? Were you given yeah, any of those? I am still pissed about the senior Tell superlatives. Tell me. I was not voted funniest. I was voted most sarcastic. That's better. You think so? Yeah. It's yeah, cooler. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, that sounds like you're smart and funny. Who would That's... you rather be, a clown or Bill Hicks? What, what kind of clown are we talking here? <laughs> <laughs> a French clown. French. Oh, okay. A thing. sad, creepy thing. Clown makeup. Uh yeah, I, I don't think that's uh, insult at all. Okay. I think you well, misinterpreted that. I tried to, you know. Were you close to any senior superlative? No, I don't think so. I was. Were they voted on in your school? No, nah, I don't remember. You I don't went, remember high oh, school? Well, then he's lying. Yeah, I went yeah. to three different high schools. Oh. oh so I don't remember. Oh, okay. And so I wasn't really. Anybody most likely to change schools? <laughs> in retrospect, yes. In, Did your high schools go 9 through 12 or 10 through 12? They went 9 through 12, and I went. Nine. I went the beginning of my freshman year to the middle of my freshman year in Memphis, moved to Denver, and went the rest of my freshman year through the end of my junior year in Denver, and then moved to Los Angeles, and then graduated. And so, I, you know, are you friends with anyone from Denver? Mm, yeah, I'm still friends with a guy. From One Denver. guy. Yeah. You pointed up for that, so that was more just showing a finger oh, up. He's, he's, oh, he, he lives he in passed. a. Yeah. Oh, we passed. No, 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 no. He lives <laughs> in a blimp. He lives in a blimp. So oh, he lives in a blimp. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. also just pointing at Denver's elevation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, no, he's yeah. a mile higher. Mile yeah. high, yeah. <laughs> well, he lives in a blimp because he's like a mile high. I'll show you. So he goes up. He's two miles. He likes. He's in the. Wow. Uh, so it. Uh, I was. I. So my point is, I. I was. I was president of the Latin club and you know like chess uh. club and all that stuff. But I don't. But I. I wasn't. I don't even remember my yearbook from senior year. It's like I wasn't this really. This was all in L.A. though. Yes. Were you in the Latin club and chess club in Denver? Yes. Were you president? It was in Denver that I was president of the Latin club, and when I moved to Los Angeles, I didn't really have a strong. At two Los Angeles. Yes, I didn't have a strong <laughs> connection to that many people, so I wasn't in a lot of clubs or anything. Or in a... wow, this makes now it's all starting to come together. The puzzle is starting to become clear. Yeah. Yeah, I see it now. 
So it, you didn't fit in. You were like the new kid. I was bringing I was, it back to the Eagles. I was the new fairly, kid in town. I was fairly constantly the new kid. Oh, yeah. Who knows and so you probably developed some skills to be like funny. Well, I, I didn't assume. have any. I didn't grow up with any siblings. Uh, what about athletics? Did mm-hmm. you have anything? No. Well, I played. Um, I don't want you to ruin your nerd cred oh, by I'm, admitting something here. You don't want to admit. I played. I played golf a bit. I okay, mean, I worked. Well, at, I worked at golf courses. Like <laughs> right. that was my job. Again, in high we're school. talking about sports. <laughs> I, I started the golf team. In my high school. You did. Yeah. Wow. I, I worked at. I worked. Were at you golf on courses. debate team? Uh, I was not on debate team. Forensics. Do you know what that means? Well, I understand the science of forensics. Yeah. Well, forensics also means speech and debate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a weird. Which I was always confusing when I would ever I would see the beginning of Quincy and he would be like, "Gentlemen, you're about to enter the world of forensic medicine." Um, but I, uh, yeah. So I was, you know, I was in gaming clubs and then, but there wasn't really a... whoa, whoa. gaming clubs. Were you in a gaming club? No, I was in the chess club. Yeah, you were both in chess club. I wasn't good enough to be in the chess club, but. How would, good were you? I was. I played a couple t- in a couple tournaments. Oh, we used to play. I have the nerdiest club that I was in. Ready? I have a. I think I have a nerdier club, okay. but not in high school, but okay. post high school, I have uh, a nerdy club. I was in the weather club. The weather. All right, that beats me. <laughs> <laughs> the weather club. The weather club. What and is, did, and where was this? Did you have a Catholic high school? Did you have a small meteorology oh, lab and you would measure the barometric pressure? Well, and... I mean, we obviously we yeah we had barometers and stuff like that. We would talk about weather, talk about weather formations, talk about the hurricane that hit Worcester, Massachusetts, in the sixties. I think it was. It was a. It was a. It was a very nerdy class, but it was a good time. What were those conversations? Yeah, can you believe that wind knocked all that shit down? I know. Well, I mean, it would what is barometric that... pressure? There's a lot yeah, to be go. What are you talking about? There's a whole channel on it. it. I feel like you're diminishing you're weather and like. Dick about what it. the weather channel does is just tell you what the Why temperatures are, are around the country. Stop it, Chris. What Come on, you very... will admit it's pretty interesting when it gets, especially when it gets crazy. I'm into weather when it gets. I'm into you're, severe you're into weather. Extreme weather. Yeah. I'm into extreme weather. Yeah. I, to this day to day weather. Get overjoyed when it's windy out. Yeah, I don't get overjoyed, but I do get a kick out of it. I don't like it. Bring them on! It's me. It's weird that we are spinning so fast, and at times there's no wind. Fascinates me. Just think about that. Think how fast. Tell us how fast we're spinning. Aren't we rotating at uh, like 10,000 miles an hour? Something like that. Yeah. And at times, no wind. Does that seem weird to you? No. I we're rotating. I'm sorry. We're moving through space. Oh, we're moving through space. We're rotating at... uh, we're spinning and going through space. We're, we're spinning we're ball. At the yeah, but the, but the, the atmosphere, but the atmosphere hours. is, but the atmosphere is basically is caked onto the globe. It's not like we're spinning against the wind. Yeah, but no, even even the the atmosphere in itself is fascinating. That <laughs> it stays. Yeah, that it's the cake. Gravity. That the cake, that the cake. I don't give a shit about your science <laughs> gravity. <laughs> I'm looking at this as an outsider. <laughs> so an, wait a minute. An alien from a different planet? <laughs> sure. So you, in no way you think that's weird. You're just like, oh, there's an atmosphere. and Stop that keeps, accepting facts. That keeps what, us, what, what was your nerdier club, though? What's, well, what? it was post-high school. It was post-high school. Which immediately already takes it up four notches. Right. <laughs> club after high school. Where I had a card and I paid dues. And I was only in it for one year. Um, well, actually, there's two, but uh, library club, Moose Lodge, fishing this club. Is all, this is all better than all of it. Bait this. and tackle club. I'll take. I'll give you the initials. Ready? Four H club. A C E, and not editors. I'll give you that right now. That's a- the American Cinematographers Emporium. He just said not editors to 
go. No. Well, cinematographer is yes. not an editor, guys. Okay, so. Jesus, I love, I love this. You were in the Ace Hardware Club? We were in the American Comedic Entertainers. I made up that club, by the way. You ready? <laughs> yes. American? Yeah. I'm going with American. Yep. American. Right. Last word is enthusiast. C- American the c- carnival enthusiasts. Clo- the, the C is the key word in this. Obviously. Corn? Coaster. And I'm not talking uh, about the kind nice. that are on the... Roller coasters? Yes. Yeah, I was at Sandy Point all the time. <laughs> oh. oh. Well, that's... What? I don't know if that's necessarily... N- n- what? Maybe it is. If you're carrying a card. A card? This is American... And you Dusky, Ohio. <laughs> I to see... <laughs> So you guys King's were just toys, like King's Dominion. Oh, that that American that, Scream Machine. That roller coaster on Coney Island is crazy. You're talking about the cyclone. I'm talking about what your meetings <laughs> sounded like. <laughs> I only was in it for one year, but this was pre. There was no internet, so we. I how did you find this in the back of Mad Magazine? I'm trying, that is a good question. Like, where did I come? How did I find this? I mean, did you ride one roller coaster? And you're like, there's got to be a club for this. <laughs> What's the best roller? What was the best roller coaster in the country at the time? Well, that one in Ohio was pretty yeah, highly rated. Point, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But there's also like these. There's some. There's one in Mexico City mm-hmm. that's like. There, apparently, there's no standards in Mexico as far as safety or anything. So they got really good roller coasters down there. <laughs> <laughs> there's no. That's that the is, idea of a roller coaster. You want to be terrified. No, I like so it's terrified. success. But I not like really. You want a controlled in. terror. I understand, but there could be. You could fly off. Uh, yeah, but, uh, oh but you God. don't. <laughs> well, no. I mean, you got but the, if you make it, you're like, that was incredible. I went to SeaWorld. <laughs> Gracias. A couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Senor. Gracias. Uno más. Hey, uno. <laughs> this time muerto. Who knows? This time could be muerto. I, I, I uno más. Let's do it uno más. Daddy. <laughs> I think the coasters are terrifying as it's... Like, even... Especially, the like, in, in, in SeaWorld, I went on a coaster that, uh, you know... You get in it and then it just tilts you this way, so you're, it's yeah. like you're in the flying. Well, was a, it a roller coaster? Or did you just get in one of those dolphin-shaped strollers <laughs> and get pushed down a hill? I just believe my dad because he said it was a coaster. <laughs> <laughs> you were coasting, right? No, I just love the i. I love looking at them. I yeah. love the sound of them. I like the experience. I like every the the design of. I like everything about them except the people in the American coaster enthusiasts. Those people were horrible. Why were they so bad? They were like shut-ins, and they would—they were just—they were just weird. They were. How su- could they be shut-ins if they were going out? I to understand. You're right. You're made, They just seem like socially awkward people. Is you're the way kidding? I mean. The people that started the club <laughs> to go on roller coasters. I know it seems. self-evident. That's them not having anyone to go on coasters. <laughs> with. Yes, so that's exactly. Yes, that's exactly what. It, no one. None of those people seemed like they had a friend. And then I was there, like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I just did evening at the improv. And they're like, oh, well, come on the coaster with me. Stand up's like a whole other kind of roller coaster, yeah. guys. I no, recently it, sent it the is guy similar to, fix to that. Irving Berlin's elevator. Uh. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, nice callback for those people doing comedy diagrams at home. Um, <laughs> Take out your comedy mind maps. Comedy diagram stops with you pointing. We just connected two circles from the conversation right. into a square. Take a callback. It's, right. it's beautiful. It is beautiful. So anyway, that was a uh, that I think was quite a club that I was that I was in for one year. But part of the reason I was in was they gave you a list of all the coasters, 
and the people that designed them and when they came online and stuff like that. And I was, I, I can't remember. I, it was maybe Batman. Like, is that possible? When Bat, like we got to preview a roller coaster. Yeah. At Six um, Flags. Yeah. Magic at, Mountain? at Magic Mountain. Yeah, yeah. that was Batman. Yeah, we got to preview Batman. What year do you think that was? Probably so, 89. Yeah, that sounds exactly right. Yeah. So, because uh, that, that also would have checked with your evening at the improv <laughs> reference, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah. So, uh, a man who's so was good. Now, do you know about X? You know about roller coaster X or X two or something like that? No. Third dimension roller coasters. I'm listening. Okay, real quick. All right, you don't you care. Don't have to be. Curious. I do. Go for it. Okay, roller coasters until this roller coaster came along have were basically two designs. The car is on top of the track. Mm-hmm. The car is hanging underneath the track and your legs are dangling or you're yeah. sitting in something. Sure. Like, yeah. That's basically it. They spin you around. You go upside down. X puts like a bar and the cars are on the side of the track. So there's like three cars on the right side, three cars on the left side. Okay. okay. Those cars not only follow the track all the way around, but also can rotate or spin, so you get, oh, all of a sudden I'm upside down and doing and this. And fucking hurling into your own face. Right, and then, also, but also, the whole thing can rotate. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, I know, so I'm not it, explaining it right. So the whole, the no, whole... No, I know, but, like, at what... What? My brain's just trying to go... So the, I know. The, so the just, support structure for this... Yeah, is a sen- there is a track, but you're not on it. You're bes- on you're the side. You're to the side of it, of it yes. and it's basically a rotating pod, and so as the coaster's going, it's tumbling, basically. It's- but what if there's a support beam going up from No, the I think what happens is the track does that. Like, the track... Think of it like the legs of a caterpillar. I'm not buying this. Yes, it is like the legs of a caterpillar. Yeah, going out. Okay, the, think of the track being able to do that. Just thinking of a track making like a, corkscrewing, uh, corkscrewing, uh, and then your whole thing is corkscrewing quirk, with it. And those individual cars can also spin. are spinning at the I same like time. Ah, I like it. You don't. Well, you haven't done it. Sounds terrifying. All right. Well, it should be fair. Well, That's I the idea. I, I mean, it's not I as do good. Love roller coaster. You do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, but I still I didn't get the answer to the question. Where did you start doing comedy? Well, that's a, there is no answer to that. I mean, do you count, like, the first club I passed at? Do you count doing ventriloquism in high school? Do you count... I do not ever count doing ventriloquism <laughs> in high school. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I count, like, my comedy birth date is when I passed at the comic strip in New York City. What What was your dummy's name? Buford. <laughs> what was his voice? <laughs> is his classic voice. I'll do it right now. Okay. Well, I have to lower my voice so it's there's more of a... Differential. Well, I don't need the process. I just, I'm just want to talk. I'm interested in the process. Thank this you. Is, I want to talk to Buford. Well, all right. Hi, okay. Buford. Hey, Lair. He's moving his mouth. I can see it. Yeah, but he's covering his face with his hand. I hands. can't do it. Well, right, first of all. I can't look at him. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do Here, it. Here, you know what? Use this case <laughs> as a mouthpiece. This if you need, my, yeah, if you like, need something. It'll be like one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Hello there. Hello there. How are you today? Okay. Like that. So it kind of be, it's like a very squeezed kind of voice. I haven't done it in a long time, but uh, obviously, but uh, yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, what made I, you get into So basically the ventriloquist act is really just greeting people all the time. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How's it going? Oh, I actually hello. performed at my senior prom. I did ventriloquism. Was, and your, I, was Buford your date to prom? No, Stacy was, it was, it was, yeah, that would have been sad. That would have been even more sad. Was no, she a was, dead girl that you <laughs> made, made to talk? 
It would have been sadder than Stacy was I when win. you were doing ventriloquism. Uh, it sure great. would be great if you came that inside me. I'm a cadaver. I can't get pregnant. <laughs> Everybody, she wants it. This is embarrassing. We can get Stacy. Yeah, you know where, where my senior prom was? At the Breakers in West Palm Beach, Florida. Beach, Florida. At Breakers. Breakers. Yes, famous, famous hotel. Famous one of, I think, one of the only five-star hotels in Florida. That's pretty fancy. Yeah, it was so very you're, fancy. So you're a Florida guy. Yeah, that's where I went to high school in that's Florida. Probably where his mm-hmm. love of coasters came from. From Florida. <laughs> Florida. But uh, yeah, I grew up in two places: Silver Spring, Maryland, and a place. I know this is going to sound racist, but Plantation, Florida. Well, that does. <laughs> I mean, j- yes, yeah, Plantation. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, I concur. So that's uh, that's where I went to high school, and then went to NYU. Then after college, a few years later, elevator passed man. It, yes, that's when I was at elevator talking to Irving Berlin. Don't turn around. Uh oh, the commissar. I was just talking to uh, Jimmy Pardo about their commissar. What was Jimmy Pardo saying about the commissar? Well, we were saying that. What's the deal with Wayne? Why am I saying you, that correctly? Why Wayne. You, <laughs> why can't you turn around while he's in town? He doesn't like eye contact. He doesn't want to. Yeah, he doesn't. It's like pointing. It's not at even pointing. Don't even look at this guy. Yeah, don't even look don't at. Don't recycle other podcast bits. All right, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I was just. I'm, I'm free. Okay, here's something I wanted to talk about. Okay, Let's... something I've never spoken about before, mm. and it's a new concept I'm coming up with. I want to run it by you guys. Tell me what you think. Okay. All right. We all know what name dropping is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right, I was just talking to John Hamm about it. Right, sure. okay, of course. I've come up with a subdivision of name dropping, and I've titled it, and I wanted to see if you think this is worthy of a title or even a cat subcategory. Okay, it's called the Marty Drop, and the Marty Drop is it's a name dropping, but it's only the first name of the person in a effort to sort of imply an intimacy, familiarity. a familiarity with this person, and it makes you sound super douchey when so, you said So instead of saying Robert De Niro, you'd say Bobby. Right. Would that you would say be, Bobby De Niro or would you say Bobby? Just, just the Bobby. Name? Like, oh yeah. Well, oh yeah, when I was shooting that scene with Bobby. Do, you, like, do you follow like, it yeah, up? I was at Nobu, you know, Bobby invited me over. So, right. uh, so here's the, here's the, uh, what, the, the douchiest version of that is someone saying the first name and then before you can even ask, giving you the full name, like they're being inconvenienced in some way because you didn't know. Oh, yeah, they go, so, yeah. oh so I was just over having dinner with Bobby. <laughs> Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's even a, But I like when people don't even do it and it's like you sound horrible. Like I was just thinking about uh, uh, Life of Pi. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, who's the director of that? Ang. Right, right. Was, it, but if you just said Ang, yeah. like, oh, man, I really thought Ang deserved that award. You Angie. sound like a horrible. You're, I feel like that's a Marty. And I come from that from Martin Scorsese because I know people like refer yeah, to him as Marty. As Marty. So that would be my Marty. What do you think? I like it. I think we need a name for that. And you think it's the Marty drop? I don't. Maybe the Bobby drop. You think like oh, Bobby, Bobby is. Bobby drop. I like something about. It might the be the Bobby, Bobby drop, drop, might be the one. It's one of those two. I just want to run it by. Never, oh, it's just, it was in my head. Like now it's out. You. Now I it's. The Bobby drop's great. But, but, but Bobby. I don't know. I, when I hear Marty, when I hear people go about, oh, that was when Marty finally won for The Departed, it was, we were all relieved. <laughs> <laughs> what if the person's his- name is already shortened? 
What do you mean? Do you shorten it even no, more? No, 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 no. It doesn't have to be a shortened name. It just has to be the first name. Just the first name. Just a, sometimes it is the nickname, but it usually just has to be the sh- the first name under implying that you're super familiar with them. Right, like when we did the podcast with Tom, that was a lot of fun. Exactly. Tom Hanks. Tom was, Hanks. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Like, you, why would you say that? Like, yeah. Even though you may even know him as Tom. Like, at one point, you have to realize this person is super famous. Is it douchier to just say the first name if you actually do know someone? Or is it douchier to say, oh, when we did this podcast <laughs> with Tom Hanks, like, what's... I guess it's douchier if someone's uh, like, I think it's do you want to order breakfast? And then I say, well, we did if this I podcast I think a first name is always douchier. But you're saying that if you say the whole name, you sound disingenuous, like you don't really know them? Or... Like, if you were, like, even talking about Doug Benson or something. Doug? I don't know if Doug is quite, because he's sort of a culty, you know, famous guy in a certain... Also, his name has a good... Doug Benson! Yeah, it certainly does. I saw him Doug, though. I mean, I always refer to him as Doug. I have some old videotape of him performing at Igby's. Do you know what that is? Igby's. I performed at Igby's. You did. Do you know well, what that is? Igby's was a comedy club in West L.A. that's like a strip joint now. Yes, Plan B. And um, it was... Uh, What's the name of the strip joint? <laughs> Plan B. <laughs> that's like if me. your things don't work out, there's always Plan B. <laughs> Which also is the, <laughs> the name of the RU486. The yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, the, the, the morning after pill is, is also called Plan B. Oh, it is? RU486. Yeah. Oh my God! I didn't Chris know that. Find an email to me. Are you four eighty six, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm sure I have. I did. You did. <laughs> I. I. My. Because my... we just. We just. There was a period of time where we would sign emails to each other with whatever the most inappropriate thing we could think of was. <laughs> and I signed mine. Are, are you four eighty six, comma Chris? <laughs> yes. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of myself. I'm about to. <laughs> dispense yeah. this email. Yeah, uh, yeah Igby's. Uh, what was the guy who owned that place? Jan Smith. Jan Smith. Yeah. When I when I was at UCLA, I was in a, a stand up comedy group, and with Mike Furman and this yeah. guy Steve Callahan. Wait and, a minute, but I met Mike Furman when he was in high school, right? You did. Yeah. From San, you performed at a college in San Luis Obispo or right. something, and that's how. And he was obsessed with comedy, and he came up to you. I remember this whole story. And so, uh, but then we met at UCLA. So you actually met Mike Furman before I did. Yeah, we so, talked. He came up to me afterwards and we chatted. I gave him, I thought, some pretty good advice. So Furman, um, I met him in like nine. what was your advice that you gave him? I don't remember. I thought some pretty good advice. So I gave him, so I met Furman in like 91. <laughs> and as the comedy club, idiot. we I'm would perform at, like there was a Santa Monica Improv. We performed at Igby's. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I had a set at Igby's and I was dating a girl at the time. And then a couple of days later she broke up with me. And of course I assumed it was cause I had a bad set. Oh, really? Yeah. You weren't wrong. I probably she wasn't. It was later. not a good set. Uh, that's possible. I mean, it is so humiliating when you have a bad set. I mean, it is one of the worst to me, one of the worst things. In- it is public humiliation. Do it you is think- the opposite of what you want as yeah. a comedian, which is. Control do, of do you the think situation. a girl that you're dating and it's a kind of a relatively new relationship, yes. if she sees you bomb, can she fully respect you after that? No. I, well, I don't, unless she knows comedy and what the process is, but if she's just a normal, like, oh, this guy's terrible yeah. and he unravels under the slightest bit of pressure. Mm, that's yeah. what I did. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, bombing is one of the worst to me. I, I don't know. I just it, find it's. It, 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 I, it could put me out for like a month of like just 
utter it, just I'm not going on stage. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. That's why you have to perform a lot. I know. Because then if you just have one bad set out of you know ten in a week, then it's right, not that it's big not a deal. Thing. It's not that. Yeah. No, I do feel like I'm until I get back up on stage and have a reasonable set that I'm not quite right with the world. You know what I've been struggling with a little bit what? lately is language pointing. Language and pointing. Yeah. Is uh, sec segways. Yeah. Non sequiturs. No, not sequiturs. I'm guessing. You're asking me a I did question. Ask you. Yeah. So no, you it's want fair me to keep guessing? Answer. Yeah, I'm trying to be. Okay, respectful. I'll tell you what. Three more guesses. <laughs> okay. Uh, hair length? Nope. Uh, I. Uh, oh, allergies. No, but that's so good. It's speed limit yeah, in the neighborhood. Neighborhood speed limit. Crazy. They should be higher. <laughs> So well, you asked. You're any, asking. Anything 25 to 35 <laughs> miles per hour. Anyway, <laughs> neighborhood, neighborhood speed limits. Um, it's uh, <laughs> unposted neighborhood speed limits. Tell me if you found this. If tell me if you found this. Found what? Okay. <laughs> I answer questions. I'm sorry. I know you do the rhetorical question and answer it yourself. <laughs> hey, am I funny? Yes. Do, do I, I go like out answering like my own questions? Of course I do. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I've actually been having a little bit of yeah. trouble. Because I've been on the road so much doing hour-long sets. Okay, that's an hour. This is an hour. This is a longer set. <laughs> yeah. That I've been struggling a little bit, like coming back and doing like ten-minute sets. Oh. Did you ever find that, or you? But you write, you write joke jokes. You Not can, true. I do routines. I do routines. But you can, you can, you can turn jokes really well, though. Thank you. Thank you. So. Um, but I find that I've had I've had a little bit of trouble lately because some of the bits that I've been doing, which have been born out of longer sets, lack context. And so when I try to chop them out and just do it in you feel like, like they don't have the seven power? minutes, it's like yeah, because there's none of the getting to know the audience and having it come organically out of a set. Let me just say those are great problems to have. Those are good problems. Those are good problems for a comedian to have. No, I understand totally what you're talking about, but that. If you flip it around, the other side is much worse. <laughs> yes. Where you're like, oh, I can oh, kill yeah, for yeah. seven, but after 35 minutes, I'm sweating like Albert Brooks in a James L. Brooks movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like Albert Brooks in a James L. Brooks movie. <laughs> <laughs> With a soundtrack by Garth Brooks. <laughs> Right. No, and starring and co-starring <laughs> Foster Brooks and Brooks and Dunn. Brooks and Dunn. I don't right, right. Foster Brooks, Mel Brooks. Um, <laughs> no, just Nate I'm just saying. I know. That's how our minds work. Uh, <laughs> Brooke Burke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a singular. I, it is. It's a good problem to have. That's all I can say. I know you're complaining about it, but there's well, a lot of comedians are like, "Yeah, oh, I'm sorry." Certainly not complaining you can't about it. You take your hour set and filter it out to seven minutes and feel good about yourself. It's just, uh, you I know, think maybe your maybe maybe your problem. And I haven't actually seen you do a really short set in a while. I've just seen you do the longer sets, but. Maybe you're just maybe you gotta you gotta just tweak what you're starting with. You just sort of maybe yeah. you gotta get to there's, work. There's no there's no question. There's no question. There's no question. I feel like that you, was you obvious. need in a seven minute set. Yeah, and and that's, no, I think you maybe you have to do it a little. You have to do it a, a little more than you want to be doing it. You mean so? I'm saying maybe three minutes, two and a half to three minutes of of you being funny with the audience of pulling them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. But I also you know. Building an hour on the road, I've not been writing like quick, fast jokes. They've all been stories and say building an hour on the road is like one of the best things in life. It's so much fun. It's one of the best, most satisfyingly creative things. Because you're you're forming a relationship with the audience, it's, and it's everything's being born out of the the interaction. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm thrilled you're doing that. When you, when you, when did you start doing? Because you, you did all of the, you did all the Carolines and the Evening at the Improv. I did and, all the Baby Boom TV shows. And so what? Were, all of them. What were the, if you did one? Were you just in the machine? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I maybe not. I mean, kind of, but you still had to audition and people had to see you. And yeah, there was comedy. Uh, comedy Tonight was something that was on. This was, and then Carolines, Evening at the Improv. MTV Half Hour Comedy oh, Hour. Oh, shit, I forgot. Yeah, Half Hour you Comedy did. Hour. Mario Joyner hosted that, right? Yeah, he hosted it sometime. Yeah. Stand that up, was Spin Up Spotlight, VH1. Yes, Rosie of O'Donnell. Course, of course, they did that oh, numerous. Oh, wow. And she gave you, she gave me one of the greatest swags afterwards, which was this, like, great jacket with leather sleeves, like a uh, athletic jacket. What like would a you call it? Varsity jacket. A varsity jacket. So, um, and so, but I, lo- I lost it in Boston Airport, in Logan Airport. Maybe she'll give you another one. Logan Internet. No, 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 no. But and she was just so nice. But so all of the, I did every one of those shows. I would murder someone for a Cheers Crew varsity jacket. Anyway, go ahead. But here's the weird thing. I'm going to drop a name. Someone's dead, Greg Giraldo. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was once talking. I saw him in an interview once. He was talking about thinking about doing stand-up because he was a funny guy. And I guess he was going to law school or something. And he was like, I know I would watch Richard Pryor. And George Carlin was like, okay, this is ridiculous. I cannot even think. Why would I be even thinking of that? But then I'd watch Evening at the Improv. I'm like, okay, I'm funnier than these guys. <laughs> and I was like, he was probably watching me. I mean, yeah. At, at he was time, probably watching me going, yeah, all right, I'm funnier than Wayne Fetterman. You know, there was a difference between watching Pryor and Carlin, who were basically like films. Yeah, right. Oh. And then... The TV version, which is basically like the Hanna Barbera version of comedy, <laughs> low rent, where you knew, you know, like you you knew in like '92, it was going, it was coming down. Why are you saying God? I just, I'm just thinking about all those old stand-up specials, and I just wish I could track, like I wish I could watch them. Like I wish there was a pl- like a, I wish there was a Paley. A lot of it would. Hulu, not, I wish there was a Paley. Hulu shows for, the evening at the Improv. A lot of it would not hold up. A lot of it oh. does not hold oh, up. That's why I want to watch it. Yeah, of but, course. But <laughs> you knew. But you knew that it was all going south. The bubble was bursting in like '92 when Comedy like, Central when did bu- short attention span theater. Right. And it was like, here's 20 comics talking about f- Cheerios. And you realize, and, and you show all clips from all those shows, and everyone was like, hey, Cheerios are weird. Hey, what's the, you know. Uh, <laughs> I but, think there was a little more to the bit than that. No, no, no. It was just that. That's how you remember was it. it uh, did Did you feel like there was? I mean, it was. It was a good. You're going to pee. It was. A, it was a good time. To, feels like it was a good time to do comedy because there were so many places to do comedy. But it also seemed like oh, there's a lot of noise too. But people did go to comedy clubs. Just yeah, yeah. As it was a, a thing. recreational it was thing. A th- it was definitely a thing. It was definitely a thing. And so. I, I don't I was in the middle of it and I was always trying to, you know, just navigate and trying not to get lost. And what I will say, when I moved to California, I felt like my career went back a couple notches from where I was in New York. Well, there just weren't, it's not, I mean, doing comedy is just better in New York. I know. That. And I really thought, yeah. So just in terms of like the population density, the number of places that are available, the types of people that go to shows. It's I like, know. you know, California is all, it's mostly industry people. So it's its sort of, a, you know, like, uh, and when I first started doing comedy. When did you start? Well, I, uh, when did you start? Uh, I know that's a, you, I, you, I'm asking my your I have question. the same answer, yeah. which is. Ventriloquism I, in high school. I did, I did it, I did it a handful of times in college. And I was at in this, UCLA with this group. With this group. I was in this comedy group. Did you see? Because I performed at UCLA. They used to have comics in the cafeteria. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was the Tuesday night show 
that was in the cafeteria. You probably were in school with it because I did. I it was. With I was in school. I did it with Janine once. You did it with Janine and Cross and like all those guys. Yeah. It was the uncap like the uncabaret group. Uh huh. The alt the alt comics all did that that room uh, as well. So I yeah that there was a Tuesday night comedy show at the the coop. It was called the yes, coop, the Cooper. That's it. Yeah. And there was a little stage, and mm-hmm. then you would go to the cafeteria, and then all the tables, and yeah, and there was a fucking phenomenal Tuesday night comedy show, Monday or Tuesday night comedy show there. That was Monday night was on cabaret, I think, and then Tuesday night was this show. And so I did, I did, I went and watched that, and I was in a comedy group. I mean, and, and we would write once a week together and flesh out material, but it wasn't. I didn't really start doing stand up until '98. That's when I '98 said, okay, oh, I'm great. gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'd been afraid of it for a long time, and I didn't know. I had a lot of the same trappings that all new people have, which is how do I start? And like, well, you just start. So, but you would already had success on television. I was already point. on television. Yeah, at that so point. you were coming from a different. Yeah. No, well, yes, in the sense that I had, I, but I still started in open mics. I didn't start. I mean, I didn't. Do you feel like people resented you? Um, well, you know, I, I think Aaron did. Well, but. but. <laughs> Really? Did he say that? That that basically just means I was the rest of the world. Yes, he hated my guts. Right, right, right. Because the sentiment was that I was a guy who was on MTV who was going to give this comedy thing a shot. But in reality, I had been obsessed with stand-up my whole life, and I had always wanted to do comedy. Cursed with a job on television. I just got a job on television (laughs) before I started my stand-up career. Interesting. But stand-up was the thing that I always wanted to do. I love it. I love Always. Always. There was never a question that I was not going to do comedy. Because it's funny, because now there's comedy nerds, right? Sure. How would you describe it? I know this is the nerd. How would I describe the comedy nerd? I had. uh, Would you say you were a comedy nerd? There's no question. I had every comedy album. I had. I you didn't have every. That's an exaggeration. Well, I had as many as I could get my hands on. Anything else you wanted to talk in vague terms while I (laughs) asked a specific question? I like things. (laughs) (laughs) And every comedy album, really, you had all the Moms Mabley comedy albums. That's insane. <laughs> Except You're, Nichols and May. He hated the thing. The improvisation in music. You're listening just... to aggressive interviews with Wayne Fetterman. Wayne asks a question and then and calls you out repeatedly. <laughs> I would fucking listen to the shit out of that. <laughs> so you had the comedy albums and I, you had a stereo or are they on cassette? Or I'm very curious about Vinyl, this. cassette, um and then I also uh I I taped I videoed I video recorded every like Showtime, Evening at the Improvs, all all of them, the HBO specials. Cinemax had one called Comedy Experiment. Um, which was there. Oh. I imagined you like doing the put a camera stereoscope. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I had the VCR and I would yeah. I would tape. So That's I and cool. I had, do you have those tapes? They are in a box. Yeah. So I have. Not only did I tape all the comedy specials, but I also taped SNL every week. Uh-huh. And so I have all these old VHS tapes of SNL with like the fucking awesome commercials in the middle. Right, right, right. And so I knew all those. Just so you know, when SNL syndicates their show, they sweeten it. Oh. So watch your watch your original ones, and you'll see. I did not know yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. Probably a good idea, because not every sketch is a home <laughs> right. run. Well, no, first of all, they cut out a half of the show anyway. Here's the other thing, too. They, they even now, like a couple years ago, I wanted to get, uh, I heard about this uh, sketch that Julia Louis-Dreyfus did towards the end of an episode that she had hosted. This is like in 2007 mm-hmm. and it bombed and my roommate was like, oh my God, the sketch was awkward but funny because it was so bad. And then I bought it on iTunes like a, two days later, the sketch was removed. Interesting. Really? So yeah, they're very, days, they're very... Gone. 
It's just an interesting, like, if you have those original broadcasts, those are going to be different, I think, even than those DVDs they, so they, I, they're selling. I had all those. Those were all categorized. That's cool. And I loved, I was a voracious comp. Like, I didn't, ha- I mean, the types of comedy that I tended to, that was were always my favorites were your like your more surreal like Steve Martin was my ultimate. Oh, uh, he was. But Emo Phillips, Stephen. Did you Wright, ever see? You know, I never saw. You know, did I see him live once. You I, did. I saw Where? him live in Vegas. Wow. My dad was at, was at a bowling proprietors convention in the seventies or yeah, and we went and they took me to see Steve Martin. That must have been a, a uh, all mind I rem- blowing. I was very young. All I remember from it was a guitar coming down and him doing King Tut. Right. Um, I remember seeing Carson in Vegas and Joan Rivers open for him and. Oh like my I, God! You I saw I saw Carson once, but not in Vegas. You had the greatest dad. I, my parents recognized. Do you remember Carson's act at all? I remember him doing the bit about being a substitute teacher yes. and being hungover. Yeah, that was his closer, and so, that was his encore, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I remember meeting Joan Rivers afterwards, and she was really sweet okay, to now. my mom, and, and so so my parents recognized that at a very young age that I was obsessed. So with you comedy. had nurturing parents, very nurturing parents. This is the opposite of most comedians. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Right? Yes. But yeah. I I tended to but like I loved everyone. Like I you know, I watched Richard Pryor live on the Sunset Strip over and over. I watched um uh like all the Dangerfield specials. No, of course. And I loved, you know, as much as I loved Emo Phillips, I also loved um I also loved guys like Dennis Wolfberg and Yeah, those, uh, those are strip comic strip acts. Kev- yeah, and yeah. Kevin Meany and you know, like all like every like any every different kind of comic, I loved all of it. So there wasn't even any one kind of comic that I loved, but I but I saw I watched everything. So you were now is it weird when like there's comedy nerds now? Like do you feel no. like No, I'm not I don't Not is it weird? I mean, but is it I'm interesting not, to you that you're like a comedian and kids follow you and have stuff of yours and catalog stuff? Well, I don't I don't know. I just don't I think in my head, I still don't think that makes me the same as those guys. I just You don't. No, 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 no. Cuz you know with the exception of like Louie, yeah, because of the the way that media has changed, well, I'm loving this conversation. But there's way. there are not really any more super comics, and when when we were when I was growing up, because there was still only a handful of outlets. Because do you feel like it's because I'm sorry to interrupt. Do you feel like because it's become uh, splintered? Segregated, it's so segregated, very splintered. So you get the comic for this guy. We're niche. We're very niche, niche culture now. Yeah, and so Does that, do you agree? Yeah, it's like everyone's doing local material. But and so your interests, you know what I mean? It's like the thousand fans model as opposed to the the million fan model. It's a thousand fan model as opposed to a million man fan model. And so, you know, at the time in television, you know, Seinfeld. There are more super comics than you think. I don't think so. There are less. I people, love this guy. There are less people that can fill an arena now than yeah, could have. Louis is the only one, but you got Gaffigan who can fucking fill. No, 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 no. You're right. And, you're, I'm not. I'm not. Would I'm you not, say he's a super comic? Gaffigan is. I would yeah, say Gaffigan is in the in the realm of uh, what about uh, uh, I find that people I uh, people I know who aren't into comedy yeah no are aware let me put it this Gaffigan way let me put it this way Gaffigan can go into a town like Chicago and sell out five shows in a big theater that to me is achieving a level of super co- Chris Rock Chappelle had it but he kind of didn't want it um, what about Cat Cat Williams yeah I just, yeah I mean yeah without a doubt what about Kathy Griffin. No, I she, don't think she sells out. She can move. She can she really lose a lot she of tickets. Lot of really? Tickets. Oh my oh. god! Are you kidding? Yeah. But, All right Chelsea then. Chelsea too. 
handler. Yeah. Like, she goes anywhere. She can sell. Oh, yeah. No, but now, and then, and then, I mean, look, I'm a comedy nerd from before that was even a term. But, I mean, that, that goes back to the cross-pollination of media into the stand-up. Yeah. Like, people know Gaffigan, but Gaffigan wouldn't be as big if he didn't do Letterman. Right. Like, that helps Maybe, but I think, I think what tipped it for Gaffigan was Beyond the Pale. Beyond the Pale. That hour? That hour. Yeah, that was pretty good. Tipped it for him. And the genius of Gaffigan is that... Oh, I love him. He can do alternative rooms. He can do mainstream rooms. Fucking squeaky clean. Yeah. And it's... He's... Yeah, he's yeah, he's fantastic. But when I think of you know like the comic relief comics when we when I was growing up and it was like Robin Williams and Whoopi and Billy Crystal and Seinfeld and but even that I don't know if Shanling was selling out theaters and I couldn't be sure. A big, you I don't could, think so? I don't think so. during I, Larry Sanders. I mean, I guess maybe during then. Gary, Gary Shanling's show, the Showtime show. I don't know if he was selling out theaters. I know he was maybe. I mean, I know he's doing Vegas and stuff in Chicago. I don't know. I'll. I'd ask him. <laughs> I'll ask him that. I'll let's call him up. Kennison. So, uh, God, that guy. When he used to come by the comic strip, he they wouldn't let him on a catch. They wouldn't let him on a catch rising. Catch rising, sir. Yeah. So he came over to the comic strip, and for some reason, this guy Lucian, he was the like the manager of the comic strip, was, like loved him and would put him on, and it was mind blowing for me as a comedian. Mind blowing what he did. Why more did, so than Hicks? What do you in think, my opinion? Why, why do you think that? Well, I mean, because Hicks couldn't have been more prime. Couldn't have been more primal. I had never seen a comedian that primal. But but Kinnison and I'm talking. He had a very short peak period. What I call like when he was like hilariously funny and yeah. And then he went off to this rock and roll thing, and it was it just got a little weird. But Hicks was basically doing what what I would consider alternative comedy. And but Kinnison wasn't. Kinnison was doing a very mainstream comedy, but Hicks was basically at war with the audience a lot because he was performing in the middle of the country and, and basically saying like you're all fucking stupid. Right, right. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Kinnison was a much stronger act than Bill Hicks. Was. I want to aggressively agree with you. <laughs> but you're saying that Kinnison, you felt, was more of a sellout comedian. No, 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 no. I think Kinnison was more mainstream. That's uh, not him being a crowd pleaser. He was more mainstream. He had much more success than Hicks. Oh, I don't know if I, I really, because my definition always of a great comedian is someone who brings you into their world. I'm not saying great. Do I'm you saying, agree with that? I'm yeah. saying he had more success. Kinnison was a much more famous comic than Hicks. Oh, definite. No, no doubt about it. But one of the reasons was he was a groundbreaking comedian in a way as someone who was like you, been watching comedy his whole life. I had never seen anyone on that level, talk about what he had done and the style and the the screaming and yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, just that set that he had on the ninth annual Young Comedian uh. special, where it was uh, it was Sam and Saget and Rita Rudner and Yakov Smirnoff and Louis Anderson, and then a couple other comics, Harry Basil, this guy Harry Basil. Another comic named Richie Gold that I never saw again. And Bob Nelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all those guys. Number 72. Oh, shit. 27. <laughs> Number 27. Oh, shit. Uh, in, so those guys. Yeah, and then Kinnison just fucking leveled. And I remember my dad. My dad saw the special first. And he would tape all those for me. And so he was I really, like. I love your parents. You got to see this one. I love one. your parents. You got to see this one guy. He's, he's this whole bit about move to where the food is. 
You remember that this Kinnison? Yes, every yeah. Okay. Could you imagine a more politically incorrect bit? Cause you live in a fucking desert. <laughs> Nothing's gonna grow here. <laughs> Could you imagine that? You see I this? more. Yeah. This is sand. <laughs> it's sand. It doesn't see. Nothing's gonna he had grow. that little lad, that little giggle of his. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was some. He's. They're new in a movie of him. Who's playing him? I don't know. I mean, it was just. I don't. I know it's happening. I know it's in the pipeline. But it's obviously not you. What a t- that's fine. I, I, sorry, not. <laughs> I think we just found that out. It's not anyone in this room. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not you either. It's not, it's not me. It's not Wayne Federer. Be uh, what's his name from um, from Fanboys? That movie, you know, the heavy set guy that's in that. Oh, um, He's in, uh, this is fun. This is fun. Forget it. Let's move on. How was, was the talking? Was it fun? Was as, as it must have been fun to be doing comedy in the eighties. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, especially at that club at the at the comic strip in New York. Have we crowds had, changed? Yeah, like now when I go back and do New York, I can't believe how international the crowds are. To an annoying thing, where like every MC is like, "Who's from Sweden? Who's from Germany? No, Who's but, from?" But what about like like wow, it was not really? that? Yeah, what about it's the types all of international though. The what? The types of material? Because in the eighties, there was a lot of unmined territory. A lot of like, <laughs> right. you know, a lot of girls go to the bathroom in groups. <laughs> there a lot of airline, a lot of, you know, like that was all new. I know it was pretty. Ex- it was pretty exciting. I think it was more weird, like just how much the culture co- was thirsty for young comedians. And now looking back on it, I feel bad for those guys who, like, those Vegas guys. They didn't want any of those guys on MTV or on Evening at the Improv or any of those, you know, Norm Cross or any of those group working their whole lives comedians. So, like, I did the CBS morning show, like, whatever, the, their version of the Today Show. They had young comedians on. I don't know if you remember um, American Bandstand used to have young comedians on. Everyone had young comedians. It was had, like, I don't know what was going I think it was just clean, cheap programming and led by Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Yeah, America. <laughs> Led by that, I'm not saying him, but that aesthetic yeah. of like, yeah, this is, is they're going to make fun of everything. Or as uh, someone was called it, nitpicking the world. Do you think it's better to do comedy <laughs> now or was it better to do it then? What it is. Oh, I think comedy is better now. Yeah. Not even a question. I'm not saying I'm better. I'm just saying comedy. Yeah, I just feel like where it goes and the, the I just, Patton. I mean, it's just unbelievable. What do you think about Louis? I'm going to do a special every year thing. I think it's bold. Good I for think, him if he can do it. I he can, but don't you think that, that then you run the risk of burning people out on you quickly? If you do a special every year, is yeah, it really Carlin. special? Look at Carlin. Every year we'd all be like, you see Carlin's new special? Right. I, I, I know I'm going to get in trouble over this, but I didn't like Carlin's last third of his career or mm. the last quarter of his career. Really? Yeah, there's one bit. Are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I, I mean, one I, of his bits was fuck kids. <laughs> <laughs> so you think he became more of a caricature later in the no, years? I just didn't think it was that. I didn't think there was that many great bits in those hours. And I thought he was like, came off as a horrible curmudgeon. They was just like yelling it. It was just like he was yelling it, like hated everything. And that was his angle. And he still did the voices once in a while. And. I, there can't be a bigger Carlin fan than me. And also, I wish I was one-tenth the comedian that George Carlin was. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. I'm just saying at the end of his career, I, I just thought that was 
I don't know. I just thought it was mean. I just thought it was mean and, well, not, I'm not, and know, not good. I'm like, oh, you like God? Fuck God. You like this? Fuck you. You're an idiot. You like America? Fuck you. You like this? You like entertainment? You're a jerk. You like it? <laughs> like, fuck like that you, was, fuck you, fuck you, and then you're a jerk. <laughs> yeah, the, right, that was that, and that hurt the most. Well, I don't, uh, <laughs> you know, I, and I'm you not, feel like like those specials at the end. I don't. I mean, you know, I'll say that I they didn't affect me as much as the original, like Carlin at Carnegie, kind yeah. of, you know, or the. The one where he was and in. And I'm not uh, saying he had to keep doing bits about the difference between baseball yeah. and football or something like that. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. But you, but you were saying that it became more about the character of attacking and less about the kind of word crafting that he was really. He still did that. I mean, he still. I mean, one of his last bits that was kind of the old was that I've been downloaded, I've been uploaded, I've been synthesized. You know, you use all the words. Yeah. Like that was his. There's a. God, there's a series called Comedians Talking or something. It's on Comedy Records where he's just interviewed by Larry Wilde. Do you know about this? Oh, no. I would highly recommend it. It's like a master's course in stand-up comedy. I'm a fucking idiot. Why do I not? It's, why haven't I heard this? I think it's from, do you remember that book, The Great Comedians Talk About Comedy, Larry Wilde? Yeah. But then I think he did a follow-up and interviewed p- people like Seinfeld and and Carlin, and Carlin towards the end of his career, and even though I didn't like what he was doing, became very effusive about how he got where he was, what his process was, who these people that helped him and inspired him. I mean, he was couldn't be more gracious. And he's a, his mind is he's brilliant. There's no, he's a brilliant guy, right? Or maybe no. Yeah, um, he's a brilliant uh, guy, yeah. But yeah, so, God, I wish, I, I want to say Laugh Records or something like that. You can get, I mean, I got it on Amazon and, like, downloaded it. Did you upload it and download I it? I downloaded the thing. I've been spindled. I've been th- so, spindled uh, and kindled. But he would dwindled. talk about, like, he would do lists was part of his bit. Like, I would be able to list things. And he had just a facility to remember all of that. But I highly recommend it. It's really interesting. It talks about how... Swearing helped his career and hurt Lenny Bruce's career because they kind of overlap a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, definitely Carlin was much more a part of the cultural revolution of the 70s. No doubt. No doubt. Rather than, you know, the the mid, the 60s were still holding on to the 50s, like the post-war. Like that generation just had to get 10 years older that, you know, he, he, I feel like he missed that mainstream youth by like 10 years. But Lenny I guess he, Bruce? yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but he still had a big college. He had a fun. he had a big following. A big college following. But it's but it wasn't like a massive, you know, like right. Carlin may have been attacked in the press for like, oh, how dare he say these things? But it but it didn't. He wasn't blacklisted, you know, or ostracized no, from mainstream he, entertainment. He became famous. Yes. So, and I think <laughs> yeah, that was that's just, what he was talking. Oh, you're saying it was just a matter of the time. Just he the did timing. It. Yeah, of course. Just the cultural timing, which, of course, you know, was a big deal because Lenny Bruce still did what he wanted to do anyway. Right. But, and but I, I, anyway, I just thought it was it was in like Carlin's career is just a fascinating. But 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 Lenny Bruce obviously when Joan Rivers was on the podcast, yeah. she was saying like you know he was the guy that they all worshipped. And she would go and see him, and then if he ever complimented anyone, they were like, <gasps> you know, the like he was, was the, king. the guy. Like, he was the king yeah. of that yeah. village comedians. Yes. Right? And I think Louis has that now. Oh, but, no but, doubt. But with yeah. also mainstream. And so my point was not, are his specials going to be any good? But if you do a special every year, five or six specials in, is it still 
special, special. Or, or like are people like ah you know like I, I i don't and the answer is i don't know i mean if anyone could sustain it i, I think, think louis could enough if you're prolific enough and you are have enough new things to say sure keep putting out an hour doug but, does it doug does it every doug every doug benson album uh, i think is great doug's an excellent joke writer and i'm fine with doug putting out an hour every year it's enjoyable i i don't know i don't, I don't know the answer to it i mean i I'm looking forward to April, whatever, yeah. when Louis' HBO special comes on. I'm looking forward to it. So it, it does kind of feel special to me. But you're obviously mad at him. I don't know what happened. Yeah. No, he, I'm not. Uh, this isn't. I no. remember sitting in, <laughs> in Toronto next to you, barreled over laughing at Louis. This is interesting. You know, guys, it's interesting what's position. happening. Okay, I know you're comedy taking this in the wrong direction, but it's pissing me off. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know that's not what I'm saying. I'm I'm speaking on a broader, yes, of course, philosophical, I, like just the idea of. I you know, look. I in a way I agree with you. I mean, I just the the amount of time it takes to me to get killer bits. You, I don't know if you can do in a year or in one tour, and by the end of the tour, you're like, "This is my hour," and this is what I was thinking of doing that year. Because I'm not even making a judgment call on it. I'm asking. Does is it, it that special? Does it burn out like after, like when you get to seven or eight, you know? And the answer is, I, I don't. I, I think don't he's know. close to seven or eight now, right? That's why Matthew Perry's character on Studio Sixty was so amazing—an hour and a half of comedy. He'd write it every week. <laughs> <laughs> of solid gold, <laughs> A-list. <laughs> but yeah, Louis is the king. Louis is the king. It's, I mean, it's. It is it is a place that every comedian aspires to be, where your machine is so is is so fluid. I don't know how we that I'm, you can just throw any topic into it and it's going to come out right, as, right, right. like a like a hay bale of comedy. <laughs> that's a great that's a great visual. Let me ask you a question because you do a number of things. Yeah. Um. And Louis does that television show. Not now, but he did. The last he did a couple yeah. seasons of it. Yeah, he did three seasons and he's taking a season off. He's, he's taking, taking a, a year off. He's taking a, a year off of doing the show. He's, the show's not going to come back till twenty fourteen. Okay, all right. Is what I read. Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes sense. But even then, he was still doing a new hour during those seasons, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel like you could write a new hour and be as? I I just don't know how he does it physically and takes care of kids. I will say this. There's a much more there, there's a much greater parallel between the bits that he's doing on the show uh-huh. are essentially he's basically writing stand up. They're expressions of stand up. Right. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that I work, it's not like I can spin an hour out of Talking Dead. You know what I mean? Right. So he's essentially writing Wait, a Talking vi- Dead? Yeah, it's a show I host. So it's he's basically go ahead sorry, do whatever you're gonna do your bit. Do no, I'm sorry. Say. I feel like I don't know. I don't know. We know uh, about this. Chris is it a, hosts a show after The Walking Dead where they talk about it, and it's yeah. called The Talking Dead. Yeah, every week. Well, every, every week The week. Walking Dead's on. Yeah, Talking Dead. Yes, it's a show, and that's part of. And is there a cast? No, of, no, it's just a talk show. You it's, do. I mean, do you bring people from the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. the show Walking Dead. Yes, and talk about their characters and the episode that we just watched, and so on and so forth. Interesting. I, I've never seen the show. Walking oh, it's, I don't. It's fine. It's, you like the show? I love it. That's you why love I, it. That's why I went after the job. Did you create the job or did, did you not? I just found out they were doing it, so I ran after it. How? Um, Is this embarrassing that you would? No, no, no. It's not embarrassing at all. I the 
one of the heads of AMC was an old boss of mine at MTV. And uh-huh. so I see the way it works. I see so the way it works now. We had so a conversation. And I said, I really wanted, you know, he said... Can I you, quote that? You had a conversation. Yeah, he emailed... I, I was <laughs> pursuing the job. What does he, that mean? Do you have your agent call yes, him? Yes, yes. You have your, repre- your representatives... Contacted AMC and said I was I wanted to meet with them about it, and, but at the same Love time, it. he because I had worked for him at MTV uh-huh. sent me an email and said, "Hey, I want to talk to you about something." And, and he said, "You know, we're doing this show. Or you have any interest?" And I was like, "That's so crazy! I was just pursuing this from another angle." And that so, can that be any better? No. How happy were you when you very got the thing? exceedingly happy because you were like, "I just on that one," and they, already they would like me. Were thinking about me before yes, I even yes. So, uh, wrapping it back around, Louis's show is basically a visual extension <laughs> of his stand-up. Mm-hmm. And that is. I it's basically, it. like, he, he Louis is like a high-budget vlog, I think. <laughs> it's singular point of view. Love it. Yeah. Singular point of view. Mm-hmm. It's basically just him doing what he does and expressing comedy, you know, through, for, that. through yeah. this very kind of intimate experience. So it's to, I've, I look at a show as like a, a beautifully successful high budget vlog. You might be right, You're right? Because so, he does break a lot of sitcom rules, right? Yeah. About or I don't even know if sitcom is even the no word. Rules anymore, that's not even a not even a sitcom is a bad so, example. You know, I think he that sh- he benefits from that show of mm-hmm. as he's creating material for the show, he's he's getting material for his act at the same time. I think I do. I, I I agree with that. I never even thought about it in, in that way. But you're saying it. It's complimentary. Very complimentary. Yeah, okay. Um, so I find that, no, I do not get, I don't well, do write as much in a day. Plots, do you find that the plots of Louis' show show up in his specials? Um, whether or not they show up in the specials, he's still, like, I, I, I'm guessing there are some the things that are like, brain, oh, that's better for stand-up, or I'll try that out, or as he's, you know, as he goes and does stand-up that for the little vignettes of mm-hmm. stand-up, the stuff that he's not using on the show, he can take into his act you know so he's and he he writes at such a high volume that there's plenty of room that i'm sure he can go i'll use this for the show i can use this on the road right that's a good yeah so i see so they sort of feeds off of each other as opposed to a completely separate oh during the week i'm an elevator sales yeah i can't use like all the stuff that i all all the other work that i do (laughs) i can't really use it Right. For stand-up. Like, stand-up is a separate, kind of a separate thing that I have to write separately for. You use the podcast to generate stand-up sometimes? You'd you're think. Doing, you're doing something. I sometimes? Would, I mean, you can have an extension. What about this it? one? Not this one's particularly, but this podcast. This, I, I, should, I should try to... Do you ever listen to these? No. Yeah. No. That's... What? That's what Kyle does. I have Kyle here jot down... This notebook is what are you doing? Thing. Yeah, I hired Kyle. How, do you get paid by the hour? How does it work? By the podcast, I think. Yeah, I'm always curious about how things... Uh... Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, it's like... Uh, so it's... you're writing things down right now? Yeah. I so, thought you were studying for a test. He is. No, oh, for later, with you, later with you. So, so basically, basically what, what Kyle's doing is, if he hears anything... Because I could don't, be. I'm, I don't, I'm not paying attention. Of course. And so if he hears something, that, and, and then he'll jot it down and go... You should develop this. He's not writing bits for of course, me. He's saying, I totally like, got, I got it. You don't have saying, to keep explaining this. Well, I'm explaining it for the podcast audience. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got so it. So <laughs> he's, uh, he's saying, 
you know, here's something that you said that you might want to develop. And then so I'll take those things and then take them on stage and see if I can develop them into yeah, anything. The red ink is stuff that I say. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't take bits from. <laughs> is there anything I could use for my stand up? Oh, I don't listen. Oh my we god! Should all, not not, even me. We should all no, slip. Like great stuff we should all just slip Kyle twenty bucks and give him a pen. <laughs> yeah, the rule for me is that I can't. I just can't use anything that anyone else says. Like if we're riffing and you come up with something, I wouldn't use that part. Right, right. I would just use. I would just use my riffs. So you or, can ask and you can have my tag. Whatever you want. Oh right, but if yeah. I, I, I could not be more intrigued. Just so you know. In a, in a positive way? In a or negative? Super positive way. Oh, okay. Super Wayne positive is way. the embodiment of the comedy nerd. Do you want me to swing by? I can do great. No, no, no. <laughs> I just, I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I've been a comedy. I'm fascinated by this whole thing. Well, I got the, I got the, the, the idea mm -hmm. was, because I know like when, and I'm, I'm going to mention a name. Yeah. And I want it to be known that I am not putting myself on the level of this comedian. Yeah, of course. I just thought it was a good idea. When Chris Rock goes uh, like into a club, but if you would say Chris, that would have been that would have been Bobby Drop. That would have been Bobby, Bobby Drop. Yeah, yeah. Um, when Chris Rock, <laughs> Rock goes, goes into a club and starts he, riffing, yeah, he has a guy who takes notes in the back and says, "This worked." That's this Eddie did. Murphy taking the notes, right? <laughs> it's Eddie Murphy taking the notes. <laughs> it's Charlie Murphy. It's Charlie. Um, <laughs> that would have been better. Yeah. So, uh, and so because I, you know, I'm not always aware of what is of course, in conversation. You want to be. Free. You want to be in the moment. You want to kind of fuck around. And Even I don't, right now, when we're talking right now. Yeah. This is in the moment. This is totally. Right now. Right now. Yeah. Now. That. Now. Okay. This just but happened. That. Yes. Now it's this in the is past. All, this thing. is present. What's, it's about to happen, to happen now. Okay. So that's yeah. what we're talking present. about. Yeah. Now we're in the in present. The, okay. This it's whole current. time I've been reflecting on that. <laughs> <laughs> the moment's gone now. <laughs> that's, uh, well, I am I'm really intrigued. That's, that's perfect. That makes total sense. Well, because I feel like we riff a lot on the podcast and I feel like if any of us bothered, if any of the three of us bothered to go back out of, do you, out do of, you not of, like listening? Excuse me. I don't mean to interrupt, yeah, no, but okay. you don't like listening to your voice or you don't it's have just, time. It's just it's a time tedious. issue. Tedious. It's three. We have 350 hours. No, no. We have 350 least. episodes almost, yeah, which, half. which is like four, probably 450 hours of podcast. There's no way you can hear that. You're not going to listen to all that. But if, but it, let's just say we had the time. Even then. And the desire to do it, there are there is at least an hour of material that has come out of the podcast that is just sitting there unmined. Of course, of course. Do you listen to your act when you tape it on the road? Never. And do I take and I record yeah, yeah, of course. every you set. Do. Of course. I you try. record every set, but you don't listen. Almost I, never. I record seventy percent of my sets. Seventy percent. Which is dumb not forget, to do because it's, stop yelling at me. I'm asking you a question. Dwayne, why, are you, why is he raising his voice? Wayne, well, he's very angry right now. I don't Wayne. know what so happened. This. It's embarrassing to me. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Kyle is upset. <laughs> what is wrong? Wait a minute. What is wrong? I just I'm throwing points kind of both of you. Being very rude. Yeah. No, all right. It's, so it's, you it's record every set. Yes. All hour of it on I assume your iPhone. Just the iPhone. Yeah. And you have a special app. No, just the voice recorder app. Okay. Now. Do you have a, a microphone or just the regular? Just the phone, and okay. it sounds great. Okay, it sounds it's good. You couldn't put it out. It's good enough to. So what do you do with it, it if just, you don't listen to it? It just gets archived. Oh no, man! See, now do you I... feel like you're a hoarder? Or you're a digital hoarder. I am digitally hoarding sets because I know that there are things that I don't remember that I did that worked that are in there. So what you but you you'll never listen to them. it. You got to do something with them instead of just hoarding them. So I know. Listen. The point of having them is to listen to them. 
and to extrapolate from there. I understand. I run a company. <laughs> I don't have time always. But, <laughs> so but in, fairness, in fairness to you, Chris, you do run I mean, a company. I yes. I work seven days a week, like, you do. nonstop. Yeah. And if you didn't, you'd die because you cannot not work. And so... This is also part of your work should be your stand-up. There's no question that you're right. And you're on a plane. Maybe you don't get the Wi-Fi's. You it's, turn on the airplane mode on the you don't phone, to, you take a listen to a voice memo, you get a pen out, have yourself a good time. Sometimes my brain is tired. You get off the plane, you get five hours. In sometimes my brain is tired, and I don't feel like listening to Why every beat of a set. It's very strange, by the way, that there's just a group of drunk women. That's interesting. But my, maybe, the interesting part to me, of course, is why you keep them and just like, all right, I'm not going to listen. I'll you, delete You're it. both correct, by the way. Yes, I should. What do you should. think of psychologically? Do you ever think about it psychologically? Uh, I think part of it just has to do with, like, when I do have, if I did have a free have hour kids? to listen. No. That's, I, is that part of it? No. If I did have a free hour. <laughs> he does have two kids. They're named Jonah and Matt. <laughs> my, my, brain is, my brain is tired. And so in those moments that I have an hour, it's like, I'm going to sleep on this plane because I'm exhausted. I can't listen. To my, I just, I opened up this whole segment by saying, I can't listen to myself do stand up. But you tape every set. Mm-hmm, and then tape. you pointed at me with a little bit of anger and said that I should also. No, I didn't. It was more than a little. I didn't it say, I didn't say you little, should right? also. You here. I, 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 never, I never said you should also. Oh, you didn't say that? No. Well, if you would listen back, you would know. <laughs> I don't I don't care what, how you record <laughs> oh, your you sets. Didn't? Okay. No, I didn't say that. Oh, I'm, I'm, I, said, I think angry. I said I should listen back. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got it. But you don't. No. I have sets from like 2007 on my What's phone. your earliest recorded set? Probably from... UCLA? Do you have anything from UCLA? No. Not, ah, that would be good. That would be fun to see, right? No. Is there I, any video footage of your group? Y- there's video footage of Furman and I performing at UCLA together uh, from 1995. Right. Um, you know, a lot of it is on mini-disc. From mm-hmm. like the late '90s, early 2000s. That's the Sony project. The right? Sony product, the mini discs. They shoved in Cadillacs, <laughs> which it's had amazing recording quality, stunning. Yeah, and you can't re- you can record you can record over it, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. So a lot of those old sets are on mini disc. Or yeah, I don't know if I had a tape recorder. You're gonna get to the point where you're gonna have to hire an archivist like Groucho. I'm gonna hire Groucho. Yeah, some kid. Yeah. Some kid. Some kid that wants to come in and. <laughs> Dude, yep, sure. There's some. I would somebody. love to go through your stuff, uh, Kyle. Kyle, come, would you do that, Kyle? I've got an hour. I'm still pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's about me. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're not supposed to have any ambition. <laughs> no, guys, I got here so I can move forward, right? No, I need <laughs> you to be an emotionless <laughs> drone. <laughs> I want to be like, you know, just behind Matt Jonas. <laughs> just whoa, 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 whoa. We see whoa. what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I, like I know. This. Poor Kyle Every can't. Day it gets worse. Poor Kyle can't listen to my fucking stupid voice all the time. Now let me ask you another question. How okay. do you wrap this thing up? Like, is there a signal? What's just the podcast a, right now? Yeah, I've just my first time doing it. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> <laughs> Stepping away. <laughs> I wish I could put your facial expressions on the podcast. <laughs> Should I not? Am I, am I don't want to stop on the bit. Should I, say, should I not say anything? Should I? <laughs> so that's it, and then you ended. I yeah. would think that would be it. Okay, then. yeah, that's it then. All right. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 
Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by LegalZoom.com. Whatever your legal document needs, LLCs, wills, trusts, trademarks, and more, they've got it. Over 12 years and 2 million Americans have used LegalZoom. Start your business or protect your family today at LegalZoom.com using the offer code NERDIST. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here... You're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer land. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now ad-free on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.